You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 267, Tiffany Joe Baker and Giving Life to Dreams. She does it more than one way. All right. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I am so glad that you have downloaded this episode and are ready to listen. I don't know what you're doing. You're probably out there doing something else, doing dishes, cooking a meal, driving or running or something. That's all right. We're going to we're going to have a great conversation for you while you are doing that. And if you enjoy it, would you do me a favor when you get a chance, just send a text or shoot a message to a friend and say, hey, this is really good. You should listen to it. That would mean a lot to me and help helps us grow the show. All right, today I'm excited about this conversation. Um, I know I'm always excited, but that's because I get to meet some amazing people, and today is no exception. I love how she puts this here. Our guest today is a caffeinated mom of two teen girls. I think you need the caffeine. She also, this interesting story, I'm sure we're going to hear it, is a surrogate mom who's delivered five babies for three families struggling with infertility. That's definitely got to be a journey that I'm sure we're going to hear about. She's also an amazing content creator, and she's a podcast host of All The Things TV. She's an author. She's got lots of stuff. She's going to tell us all about that. Our guest is Tiffany Joe Baker. Tiffany, welcome to Halfway There. Oh, Eric, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. I'm excited to connect with you and hear more about your story. Okay, when I give that introduction, obviously, it's just a few brief sentences about who you are. There's a lot more to you. So tell us more about who you are and where God has you right now. Yeah, so I am Tiffany from Texas. So my husband and I are two girls, we're in Texas and God brought us here 21 years ago, right after graduating from college, two weeks later getting married and then coming down here where we didn't know anybody to start a youth ministry. So my husband and I have been in different forms of marriage and family ministry for over 20 years. Um, and, you know, I would say we are definitely ordinary Christians with an, extraordinary, amazing God. And that's just really how I live my life is being a real girl with a really great God. I love that. That's interesting. You guys have been doing, so you've done a ministry for a long time. Yes. A long time. I can't believe I'm this old already. We've got a college <laughs> freshman and I'm like, I feel like we were just in college meeting and getting married. I I understand that. Mine just is a sophomore. Our oldest is a sophomore and she just we took her back a couple of weeks ago. She's gonna be home next week, I think, for fall break, and we can't wait. Right? Yes. It's just it's an odd transition. And then we also have uh, a, an elementary school kid. So this year we have one in every single stage. So I can I can. Nice. But um, yeah, okay. Well, very good. I get that. It's definitely a lot to it's when your kids start growing up. It's one of the most satisfying and. Um, and also sad things yes. in, in life. Do you, do you experience that? Absolutely. I cried for five days when we dropped her <laughs> off at college, wow. you know, but just bittersweet, like life really is, you know, our, our yeah. stories. It's like, God has been so faithful um, through the ups and downs, but um, still miss the younger years and, and but holding on to those memories. So for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's next year's Oscar winning film, a bittersweet life. I'm sure that, uh, that should be out there somewhere. <laughs> anyway, well, Tiffany, I want to dive into your story. I love hearing stories about how God has uh, shown up in your life, how he's kind of nurtured you. And I love that 
sometimes those are dramatic and sometimes mm-hmm. those are are just God showing up in little ways. And, I, and so I love that. I can't wait to hear all about you. So you, you're in Texas now, but where were you from? So raised in Ohio, okay. went to college in Indiana and have been in Texas. So half my life, Ohio, half my life, Texas. And was it a Christian family? Yes, I was raised. Um, my parents were youth ministers. My dad was minister of music. So I was the tambourinist since the age of five. Okay. <laughs> um, that was about the extent of it. Uh, but definitely grew up. Do you up. still bring a tambourine to church? No, but that, that Are you awesome. that lady? I might. Okay. I might. That's so funny. Um, I have a friend who does that. Or she did. I don't yeah. know if she does anymore. Make a joyful noise with whatever, right. you know, you choose to do that with. But yeah, definitely grew up in a Christian family. And then um, my teen years, I went completely rogue and was a prodigal child. Um, they called me a candy-coated hellion. And oh really went the opposite way. And that's a story in and of itself, um, how God redeemed, protected, and um, completely transformed my life. Okay. Well, tell me that story. So how, first of all, why were you, why did you go off kind of on that journey? What was, why, why would you do that? That tipping point. So in high school, oh, I guess it was more junior high. Um, I was like the, I was like a straight A student, the good girl, you know, growing up, did all the right things. And I just got to that point where it's like, what is this really doing for me? And I saw my friends who were getting like B's and C's, they would get like 50 bucks for every C and I'd get straight A's and be like, good job tip, because it was just expected. That's how I, I did it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really was some, I felt different and I didn't know what that difference was. Nobody really spoke to that difference being that God part of us and that unique part that God's made us to be. I saw the difference as being something odd and weird. And one of the scriptures I remember growing up is we're called to be peculiar people. And I was like, I don't want to be peculiar when I'm in junior high. And so right. I chose to start fitting in and um, boy, did I, I had a a drug dealer for a boyfriend tried to get pregnant when I was 16, got kicked out of the house um, and just went that route, drugs, alcohol, sex, all the things. And um, I had a burning bush moment that the Lord just revealed himself. My parents, um, my mom quit her job so she could pray and fast for my freedom and my deliverance. And um. I had at this time was, was taken out of our large public school was put in a small Christian school. And my boyfriend at the time had about five warrants for his arrest was running from the law. I was at home. He was partying, cheating on me, all the things. And I was sitting in chemistry class. I remember sitting in chemistry class and he had given me an emerald ring and to a girl in high school, an emerald ring signified our relationship and the love that he had for me and the bond that we had and the forever promise to be together. And while I was, but I was contemplating, I was looking at my emerald ring, contemplating our relationship, seeing that I'm here struggling in trouble, basically on lockdown and he's off doing whatever he wants with whoever he wants. And while I was looking at the ring, the emerald cracked before my eyes. And I turned over my hand and and the emerald fell out in about five pieces. And I knew that that was my burning bush. I knew that God allowed me to see that happen and God did that. And so I connected the dots and be like, this is my relationship. God is speaking to me here. 
And what I didn't know is my parents had been praying against everything that was connecting us, um, the soul tie, all of the things that were um, representing our relationship and the things that were holding us together. And that ring literally cracked before my eyes. And so that moment gave me the nudge to be able to have that hard conversation over the phone um, to break things off and to stay broken up. Yeah. And God started from there. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause as far as I know, I mean, you know, gems like that don't just, uh, yeah, they don't, don't just crack. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not usually. Not usually. Without, without something happening. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Wow. Well, that's quite the story. So first I, one thing you said that I just have to ask about is your mom quit her job mm -hmm. to pray and fast for you. I mean, what did that, what did that mean to you? At the time that meant I was the problem child. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. That's fair. At the time that meant Tiffany needs to be fixed. She's so bad and wrong that um, it's going down. It really was a true struggle between good and evil. Like I felt that um, I was so stuck and so deep that I couldn't get out of it, out of the relationship on my own. It took that divine interaction intervention. Now looking back on it, being a mom. And as I got out of it, the relationship and started healing, um, I know behind, beyond a doubt that the prayers and fasting of my parents saved my life. There are many things I look back on and be like, I don't know how I'm alive. I don't know how I'm not pregnant. I tried to get pregnant. I'm a three-time surrogate. I get pregnant really easily. Yeah. So there was protection there was um, mercy and there was grace. And I believe, and I attribute that to the prayers of my parents and um, the friends that they brought along. And I'm so, so grateful. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That is really powerful. Friends, don't, don't miss that. You know, I think it's easy in our day to maybe write up a lot of things to coincidences mm -hmm. or to just question whether or not prayer mm -hmm. is effective. And I hate to personify prayer like that, whether or not the Lord answers prayer is mm -hmm. what I mean. Um, but he does, mm -hmm. right. And you can, and so your life is a testimony to that, that he answered and uh, your parents kind of went to spiritual battle for mm -hmm. you. And, and that made all the difference. Interesting friends. You can, you can too. Now, if you mm -hmm. feel led to do that, you don't have to quit your job, but you mm -hmm. can still pray. It's okay. Um, all right. So what happened after that? You kind of finally broke up, made that, made that move, but did you immediately change overnight or was it like a process? It was definitely a process. And the tipping point for me was being able to go away for college because nobody mm. knew me. Nobody knew, knew Tiffany and all the things she went through, what she did. So I was able to start fresh start new and really you know that's that's the age and stage anyways where you're doing the individuation from your family's faith and really figuring out what you believe mm -hmm. and being able to walk through that so it was the perfect timing for me to be able to um figure out what i believed who god was to me and and start over and one of my favorite verses are as back then and today as a parent is his mercies are new every morning for great is his faithfulness and I've experienced many, many mercies of God. And I, that has changed my life. 
knowing who I was, what I've done, and the mercy and protection that God had for me along the way um, has completely forever changed me. Yeah. Yeah, boy, I love that. Where'd you go to school? Indiana Wesleyan University. Okay. And coming from the lifestyle I had as a high schooler, um, I, you know, I met my husband in junior year of, of college. And then, like I said, we got married right out of college. And while we've been together, he has been a pastor and a police officer. So I went from the criminal to the pastor and police <laughs> officer. And, um, you know, he is, he's our rock and our um, stability and our security and is the best girl dad around. Yeah. How did you, tell me about how, when you were in college, you get this fresh start. Uh, maybe that season, maybe after, but what, were there any moments where you felt like the Lord was kind of teaching you, training you? I like to call it the ways of Jesus, right? The way that, um, you know, we kind of learn those rhythms, whether it's church or Bible study, maybe there's a passage or a mentor or somebody who really God used in that season. It was a season that I was able to really develop spiritual disciplines and having some friends in church around me to where I, that was probably the first season where I really started having, you know, daily devotionals and time with the Lord and um, prayer time and things like that. Reading, not just the Bible, but also reading um, books that talked more about our Christian life and how to walk it out. Um, so there was definitely some things that helped me. I went through some just inner healing and things like that because I was so deep and dark and back in the day and you know it was controversial back then I don't think as much now but went through like the bondage breaker by Neil T Anderson and and having to just work through some habits yeah. and some thought patterns and some um things that I needed to rewire and to rewrite and um but by the power of the Holy Spirit helping you know doing my part and letting God do his was able to put those things in place. Yeah. Was there something specific that, that you had to rewrite? Uh, I definitely, um, my, my thought processes, um, it honestly, like people look at me now and they're like, you are like a different person. Like people who knew me back in high school, like they look at, or my husband looked at my high school pictures. They're like you are a new, like totally different. Even though I look the same, I, they're like, you're totally different. And so it, it really was just training my thoughts to not go negative, to not go um, funky and to really take God at his word on what the promises are, what God really says about me, not the things I did, but the truth of what God says about me as, as his daughter and as his kid. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then where'd you go from there? So we're married now we're in Texas and. Oh, is that, that's, that's when you yes, went to Texas. Married uh, two weeks after graduation, after honeymoon, moved to Texas, not knowing anybody, but uh, started a youth ministry. There was a board there. Um, we did K-Life, which is Canicook camps. If you're familiar with the Christian camps, camps of Canicook, oh, yeah. they had a year round discipleship ministry called K-Life. And so we started one here in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex and it got so big, so fast. The 
board couldn't continue the fundraising to keep up with it. So after a year and a half, we found ourselves in Texas without a job and having to figure out what to do next. And that's when my husband went into police work. And that's when I went into um, working with middle schoolers and social work and, and counseling and things like that. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. Um, how did they, how did you then get into surrogacy? Like how that, how that, yes, happen? we were at this time, we were volunteer youth pastors at our church and we had one baby girl who was a year old and I was the preschool director at this small church here in Texas. And I found out I was pregnant that morning and went in to share with our my small staff, the women and friends who were teachers at the preschool with me. And when I was sharing our news of being pregnant with our second daughter, I, across the circle from me, caught the eyes and the face of one of my friends. And as I was sharing our news of being pregnant, I saw the look of joy and pain flash across our face all at the same time. And in that moment, I knew two things. One, she was dealing with infertility because she'd never told me. And two, I felt like God was speaking to my heart. I've given you a gift. And that was like the seed that God planted about surrogacy. And I didn't even know what the word was at that time. This was like, what, 2004, maybe? So it was a long time ago. And, but that was like the seed and, and different things came up to confirm it and to speak more to me about it. And finally, when the time was right for my husband and I, when we knew that we were done having kids, we had our two girls. That's when I started researching it and, um, and finding a local Christian surrogacy agency that I applied to. Wow. Oh yeah. But that's a, that's a whole, it's gotta be a whole mental it's process. A whole right? mental process. That's, and a lot of times people are like, yeah. what did your husband say? Like, how did you even right. br- bridge that, that conversation? And so I'm like this, I'm an idea girl, you know, I have all these great, wonderful ideas. And I learned, I've learned how to pitch my ideas to my husband. And, and <laughs> <laughs> you're a pretty good marketer. I'm going to say so, that. I, I kind of pitched it to him and I just said, Hey, what would you think about me carrying other people's babies who aren't able to carry their babies? And he's like, well, what, what does that mean? Like, what what does that even involve? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And so we kind of went on a fact finding journey. Um, also, of course, our girls were little in preschool and, and so presented it to them as best they could understand. And the way I did that was, you know, you are mommies and daddies biggest blessing in our lives. There's some mommies and daddies who aren't able to get pregnant. What would you think about mommy carrying their babies? And they were like, yeah, that's great. And they, so since then our, my husband and the girls have been very much involved, but it's a family ministry. It's not just me. I might be the carrier, but each of my family members is a part of, of what we do. And from there, I, back in the day, it was like a 25 page printed application. You know, it's almost like, I, I like it to almost like dating matching because you get matched. So yeah. you have to give your medical things, your history, your um, lifestyle history, your why behind what you're doing it, some essays, your pregnancy history. And, um, and you 
submit that and they, they pair you, they match you and you each side gets to decide if they want to work together. Well, I put that baby in the mail because it wasn't digital processing at that time is through mail. I put it in the mail and within 24 hours of me placing it in my mailbox, I got a call from the agency director and she said, Tiffany, I have a couple that's been looking for a surrogate like you for two years. And I was driving around in the car at the time. And I, I, in that moment, I knew it was a holy moment. I started going into an ugly cry while I'm driving. I was so thankful for my big sunglasses to hide behind because I knew that that was the start of something that God was using that moment. Um, and I felt again, the second time him speaking to my heart and him saying, if you help to make the dreams of other people come true, I'm going to help make your dreams come true. Wow. And so that was the seed and that was the, the word that was promised that was spoken. And, um, you've been walking that out since, since then I've carried two sets of twins and a single, um, baby for three families. Wow. Okay. So it was, that's five, five yes. kids. Okay. You know what I was fascinating about that? I love that you said that your family kind of comes along mm -hmm. for the journey, but mm -hmm. they kind of have to, right? Because when you're doing that, I mean, that's, there's so many things that, you know, those of us who have kids, we, it's, it's, it's a whole being thing. Like it's a physical process, but it's a whole being process. It really right? is. Like it, pregnancy affects you. In lots it of does. Ways. And I was probably more particular and cautious when I'm carrying somebody else's babies, than I would be even carrying my own babies. Right. Of course I'm going to be right. cautious either way, but, um, I took it very seriously and, and, you know, it affected travel. It affected timing on things. It affected my energy. I mean, especially carrying two sets of twins, high blood pressure is more normal. Yeah. And so I would need to lay down a lot towards the end of both pregnancies and had high blood pressure afterwards and had to stay in the hospital. So, um, you know, periods of abstinence for my husband, because you don't want it to potentially be ours, you know, I mean, there was definitely, <laughs> that would be a mess. Um, so there was definitely things that each one of us were a part of, but it's funny because it's just normal to my girls. They don't know much different, but I suspect once they get pregnant for the first time, they'll realize a lot more of all that was happening <laughs> once they have revelation sure. on all that. But it was definitely um, a family affair for sure. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. Okay, so what what did you learn from doing that and, and kind of giving that gift to other families. The biggest lesson I took out of being a surrogate is that none of us have all that we need to do all the things that God has called and created us to do. None of us have all that we need to do all the things that God's called and created us to do. And that is evident in dealing with fertility treatments, having to have a medical team, a surrogate. One of my families used an egg donor too. That's the same as when we're building a business or a ministry. You know, some people put it, none of us are an island. Like we can't do life, ministry, our giftings, our purpose without each other. And after I delivered baby five, I call it, I didn't have postpartum blues, but I had post-purpose blues because I had been a surrogate for so long. And I was like, okay, God, you know, I can't keep, I've had three C-sections. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to carry again. So now what? Like, what do you do after literally birthing people's dreams? Like, what? I, 
Yeah. I went through this, this period of wait, now, what am I done? Like is resurrection happened? Like how, what's next? The rapture coming. And, and God was so sweet to give me the thread for how he's always used me and continues to use me and how surrogate played a role in that. And this is what he said to my heart. He said in the, in the body of Christ, some of us are made to be hands, some made to be feet, but Tiffany, I've made you to be a womb. W-O-M-B. And your part in the kingdom is to be a dream carrier and to come alongside people and help them do what I've called and created them to do and to birth their God-given dreams. And so, yes, I've done that through babies. I've done that through book launches. I've done that through podcast launches. I've done that through working with ministries and entrepreneurs. But either way, just coming alongside people and helping them walk out and helping carry their dream until it's completely birthed. What did that realization for you do for your faith, for your trust in God, for your relationship? Oh my goodness, everything. I mean, I go back to it. It's like, it's those, it's those spiritual mile markers, those memorial stones, like back when the Israelites, when they, right. in the old Testament, when they would experience God in a new way, they would erect an altar or a memorial stone to remember when they found experienced God in a new way, they would resurrect something to remember that and remember what God did. And that's one of my life memorial stones is when he connected the dots and when things made sense and continue to make sense. And I don't feel as, as random. <laughs> I don't feel as coincidence. It's all has been a part of his plan and purpose. So it really solidified um, my walk and, and the mm. also even going back to my testimony as a teenager, um, you know, it was an attempt of enemy of the enemy to keep me from doing the things that God's calling created me to do. And, and so it's just really connected so many dots and increased my faith and giving me memorial stone to stand on. It's interesting you say that. Cause I was, I was actually kind of contemplating how those threads mm -hmm. connect a little bit. I was wondering, was it, was it just that, you know, the enemy was trying to get you off track or was it, were you trying to figure out, were you maybe doing that in some way to, to disguise dreams or like, I don't, I don't know, but I was, yeah, I no, that's a good, that. um, that's a good thought. Um, I don't think it was, I think he was more just a, a pawn used to, um, honestly just detour sure. me. I wasn't at that point operating in that dream carrier role or that womb role. Um, now with my friends and things, I was always that right hand supportive person. Um, but I would say the relationship with that boyfriend and that part of my life was very much compartmentalized. Um, but it just grew <laughs> as I fed it, it grew into the monster it was until I was stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, that's it yeah. just kind of my, my yeah. speculation, but interesting. Uh, yeah. Facet. What a, it's kind of rare for people to have that clear mm -hmm. of a calling. Like that's, that's pretty special. I was so thankful. I was so thankful. My, and, and when. Um, one of my mentors and, and clients and friends is Michelle Kashat. And um, I was listening to a podcast. And when she talked about that thread um, of finding how God uses you throughout and finding what that thread was, I was like, oh, again, that was another connecting of the dots. That's my thread. That's my thread. 
Um, and yeah, I'm so very, very grateful for that. Mm, that's a good, that's a good thread. Okay. Well, that led you. So then, like you said, you, you not only were literally carrying people's, people's dreams, but then now you help people with their own, with their, with mm -hmm. other dreams, with their mm -hmm. own kind of like you do podcasting and different kinds of things. So tell me yeah, about so that. At the, after I had that postpartum or post-purpose blues. Yeah. What? I was going to ask about that actually, by the way, can yeah. we just dive into that for a second? Would you, would you call that? So I always ask about the dark night of the soul or like the mm -hmm. kind of spiritual desert. A lot of people call it different things, but would you call that season that, that for you, like a dark night or a absolutely, desert? absolutely. And there was multiple things that kind of played a role into that. I also had um, some medical things going on. Um, yeah, it was it was one of those turning points. It was one of those crosses in the road um, where I needed to hear from the Lord to know where to move, where to go from there. Um, you know, I definitely felt very low, very alone because it's not many people experience what I have as a surrogate and then not knowing where to go sure. from there or what's next. Um, and so much of my life had been revolved around being a surrogate. Like we talked about every decision that was made, what I ate, what I did. Um, so I, it was basically another start over for me. Yeah. So this is what the spirit, the spiritual desert does, right? It strips, God uses it to take away those mm -hmm. identities that mm -hmm. had been part of our identity. In your case, I think it's, it was the identity that God wanted you to have. For some of us, it's identities we've taken on that, that we also need to shed because we, they're, they're not helpful to us. But he was kind of using that as like a chrysalis to kind of turn you into something, yeah. someone else. Yeah. To use the same idea, but move, move. Yeah. And to let go of how I saw it working. It was, it was that new angle to right. what it was um, and not keeping in that box that that's the only yeah, way yeah. I'm using you, but it's bigger than just that. Right. Okay. Friends take note of that. Like, I don't know if you are in a spiritual dark night or if you've gone through, if you haven't gone through one, you will just know that, that it's perfectly normal, but this is what God's doing. And if you can just trust through that, that somewhere on the other side, he may, he may take away some pieces that you, that aren't actually your identity. Uh, and he may just redirect, but trust him. He'll, he'll do that. Okay. So sorry, I interrupted you to get to that. Cause it's one of my, my like hobby horses, but so where, where'd so you go from there? In that moment, um, I felt God released me from a young child. I always knew that I would speak and write. And in that moment, that was the season that God released me and said, all right, it's time. It's time for you to um, speak and write and to get out there. And so I had spoken a lot, just being a pastor's wife and, and, um, doing curriculum and things like that in our church and other places. And actually back when, after getting free from that relationship, my mom and I would go and speak at churches and do mother daughter events and speak about the mother daughter relationship, because you can imagine, I did not like my mother during that but it's because of her prayers um, <laughs> that our relationship right. was restored. Um, so God was like, okay, it's time for speak and write. And so um, of course it, it's the online space where that was happening in 2017. And so I hired um, an online business coach, learned all the things about online space and Christian communication and marketing 
And that is when I also started an internship with a Christian communicator and started to learn as well um, what that looked like. And God started that road for me online and have been, it's been growing since and um, have released my first devotional last year during the pandemic, released my podcast during the pandemic. And um, not only do I speak and write and podcast, but I help others do the same to help them get their God-given mission and message out. Yeah, which is a great thing, right? Because I find podcasters especially, um, and maybe it's maybe it was true with bloggers, I don't know, but like that we we kind of have this, it's very personal, right? We have this little idea, this thing that we want to do, and that that needs a place to to grow a little bit, it needs some nurture in order to bloom into what what it is. And that's kind of kind of your yes, role. Yes, absolutely. You told us last night, so friends, T- Tiffany was our one of our guests at CPA Gold, which is uh, Christian Podcasters Association. It's our membership. If you're a Christian podcaster, you should join us. Mm-hmm. Said, throw that in there. But you spoke you spoke on this last night and told us a story about kind of getting that internship and learning all that. Like, I thought that was really fascinating. You sure. Yeah. I So knowing I needed to get in, in that space, um, my husband and I were marriage and family pastors. And one of our speakers we had come in was um, Kathy Lip at that time. And her and husband came in to speak about blended relationships. And so as I'm praying about how to do this online thing, learning from the business coach, I see her post about calling all Christian communicators. Do you feel like God is calling you to speak, write podcast? Join my internship. I'm like, okay, God, Kathy's calling, you're calling, I'm going to jump in. And so I, I interviewed for this internship and they hired me for the podcast producer. And I didn't tell them this at the time until afterwards, (laughs) but I had never listened to a podcast before. And so after getting hired, I went and listened to my first podcast and they love sharing that story now today because it shows, again, it was like one of those leaps of faith and how you can, you have transferable skills and just use them. But, um, but I was just willing to just, I've always been just willing to try things. And just, if you're, this is what I say, if you're confident, people will give you the, <laughs> give you the responsibility. <laughs> That's good advice right there, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is, which that's kind of wild. This makes me wonder about their hiring practices. Maybe well, but I'm still there. So. Now I'm so paid I, four years later. And you but you still have, like, have completely transformed to have my own podcast and help other people with theirs as well. So, um, you know how God works. He, his ways are so much higher and he's got, he has people around us that will see those giftings and potential in us and all, in all jesting, but in all truth, like, and, and it was just, it was just God. He's like, I see that. I see you have the potential to do that. I am, I'm here to help you your dreams come true. And so not only are we what we are for others, but our others are are what we need as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you're, you're doing the thing you're writing, you're taking, you're helping other, other podcasters. Where do you, 
I, I mean, this is kind of not, not really a fair question. I'm asking like, where do you see that all that's leading? Where do you want to go? That is such a great question. So nat- normally and naturally, I am rank high on visionary. And I am just in a season of life where I am taking things one day at a time. And even being in a mastermind, they're like, tell me what your five-year goals are. It's very odd for me not to have five-year goals. And so I'm in that place where I'm just like, I don't know, but I know what God's called me to do to be faithful with where I'm at today. And I am just giving that to him and just trusting him that again, he's, he's connected the dots and he's been so faithful through all the memorial stones of my life, the, the hills and the valleys that I'm just completely at a trust walk right now. You know, um, I've had dreams of New York times, bestselling books and international speaking gigs and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, my, our family missions, we have a family mission statement statement and my personal one, my personal one is to dramatically change people's lives for the glory of God. And so at the end of the day, I just, I want God to show up big in people's lives. And if he chooses to use me, I'm so down with that. Like, I love that. And, um, I believe that's why I'm still here to help do that. Yeah. I love that. So you mentioned your devotional it's uh soul care for go-getters, which I like, cause I think you're, you're probably a go-getter, mm-hmm. which, <laughs> which is really good. Um, tell me about soul care. Like this is, you know, it says refresh and refocus in five minutes a day, which is, I know will appeal to, to people like, mm-hmm. like you, what, but tell me about soul care. Like what, how did soul care become part of your, part of your, you know, something you were interested yes. in sharing with people? I like to, so it's, I ultimately do soul care, self-care and dream care. And, but the soul care is, I think what a lot of us are missing. And if you know what soul, the soul part of us is that our mind, our will, and our emotions. And that's, I call that the internal parts of us, you know, self-care takes care of more of the body stuff. Soul care takes care of that internal stuff. And then when we take care of our spirit, that's the eternal parts of us. Mm. And so our, our minds are a powerful weapon. And so I think it's so important that we take care of our minds and our thoughts and really be focusing on having the mind of Christ and having a sound mind and having those emotions that are healthy and that are full and out of the overflow, we're able to give to others and our will, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I remember my parents reading the book. Um, what is it? Strong will children Dobson. Yeah. 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 Um, our will, the parts of us that facilitate our decisions and our actions at the end of the day, if our soul isn't healthy, where we're headed isn't healthy. And we get so drained and so discouraged that just really want to uplift people where they're at. Yeah, I think that's totally true. So soul care is kind of one of my passions as well. That's what I studied. And I didn't study that so much as mm-hmm. spiritual formation in, uh, in seminary, but absolutely. Because I think it's, it's interesting to me as evangelicals. And I don't, I don't know which part of that evangelical spectrum you're from, but we talk a lot about knowledge and we talk a lot about the things that we need to know and 
believe, but we don't talk about the things we need to do or how to do them. That was my, I say, sure, read your Bible and pray, but nobody will show me how to do do that, right? And um, so I love that you kind of created a resource for people to use and to kind of walk them through. Yes, it's, we all need that. We all need those moments where we can reset, refresh, refocus, and to stand on the truth and rewire every day because there's so much out taking us off into different paths that we have to reset each day. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, so if somebody wanted to connect with you, what's the best way for them the to do The best that? way is tiffanyjoebaker.com. Um, I'm online as Tiffany Joe Baker as well. Love Instagram. I like Facebook and would love to connect. Okay, perfect. TiffanyJoeBaker.com. All right. I love it. Tiffany, thanks so much for sharing your story. I'm really excited to see where God takes it from here. Is there anything you want to leave us with? I would just say along the lines of soul care, my my favorite verse in those aspects um, is Matthew 28 and 29, where Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is rest, my friends. That's what he's so good at. And uh, he's also very, very accepting no matter mm-hmm. where you've been. Right? That's, that's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Tiffany, thanks so much for being here. Thank I really you, appreciate Eric. it. It was fun.